0: The show! Happy Kokomo Friday and welcome in to Fantasy Baseball Today on July 28th. I am Frank Sample, joined by Scott White and Chris the Welsh. Today on the show, we are going to recap all of Thursday's action. We're going to play some fantasy feud. We only had a five-game slate, so let's have a little fun. Week 19, sleepers, two-star pitchers, and we just had a trade. David Robertson traded to the Miami Marlins. We'll break it all down. Before we get started, please like this video and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the audio side, download, follow, and leave a five star rating on Apple or Spotify, Welsh, Fantastic shirt for Kokomo, Friday. <laughs> yeah, this is my uh,
2: of my dad wear. This is the super dad wear, and I'm. I was trying to be festive. I have another one which is like absurd, but I was out at a Arizona Complex uh, game, so check that off your scorecards for the show today. I was out there, and it's just hundred and thousand degrees and sweaty. So I just changed into dad shirt part two. But I felt very. Fe- I should have had like a better hat, but I got the cactus. I don't know, maybe a little vibe. So I was trying to vibe out for you guys today. Which, by the way you two i didn't get the memo on the red shirt uh thing we were doing today you guys look very matching you guys it's a great great fit you both have
0: scott are you wearing a dad shirt too i'm trying to figure out what's going on there
2: uh no i have a
1: michael harris is him shirt oh. <laughs> him with two eyes for you know michael harris the second it's 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 courtesy roto wear
0: uh, well, I mean, I paid for it with my own money. We're all going RotoWare here because I got the Shohei Ohtani shirt. Shout oh, out to right. RotoWare. We're always giving them shout outs. Uh, great job there. Anyway, let's get in to the action. Holy cow! How about that? How about that? A day for the ages for Shohei Ohtani. I'm just going to take this one. Started off yesterday. The Angels, the Angels announced that they're buying. They take Otani off the market. They trade for Lucas Gilito. And what happens on Thursday? Shohei Otani shoves all in. Incredible day as both a pitcher and a hitter. In game one of their doubleheader uh, at the Tigers, he tosses a complete game, the first of his career. A shutout, the first of his career. He only allows one hit, three walks, eight strikeouts in that performance. 13 swinging strikes on 111 pitches. Only allowed four hits. And he had been scuffling recently as a pitcher, but man, put it all together in this one. uh, And it was a dominant performance down to a 343 ERA, 107 whip, 156 strikeouts, the fourth most among all pitchers in baseball. What happens in game two? Two for three with a double dong. That's right, a complete game and two home runs in the same day. Now up to 38 home runs on the season. He's batting 298. He's got an OPS up over 1,000. Uh, he's actually first in home runs in baseball second in rbi fifth in run scored first in ops and i mentioned fourth in strikeouts do you guys have any words i i have i have a question this
2: is something <laughs>
0: pseudo started off air
2: this performance nine innings one hit eight strikeouts two homers insane <laughs> so the question but frank didn't even get into this so i asked both of you first off what is more impressive what otani did today or hitting for the cycle, Scott. You kind of give your answer off air, at least on this one. So do yours real quick. I want to get Frank, and then I'm going to step up the levels.
1: Well, e- easily, I, I would say just the pitching half of what Otan did. O- Otani did. <laughs> Otani, Otan. oh, the, Just the pitching half of what Otani did is more impactful
2: than the cycle. Frank,
0: I, I don't. I won't go as far as saying that, but I think everything included on the day is more more impactful than a cycle. Yes.
2: Okay. What is more impressive? Nine, one hit, eight strikeouts, two homers, or a no-hitter, Scott White. Okay, so you you rephrased the
1: question now. I'll point out. (laughs) I think it was about the same. No, you said which is more impressive. You used a different verb. I I forget which verb you... Which is more... I I don't know what you said before. I was was pointing out off air that a complete game shutout of any kind is just as impactful as a no-hitter. I mean, in terms of wins and losses the fact that you allow no hits i mean whether you allow no hits or 10 hits if it's a complete game shutout you have helped your team chance. You, you've helped your You team were kind of winning
2: just You were well. kind of yeah you were kind of saying like no runs and one hit yeah. essentially was the same as a no hitter so you were you not me you were degrading no hitters scott white hates no hitters i I love them and think <laughs> they're special i'm sorry you well, do love them well you're saying
1: impressive but. now like it's a rare feat that's okay it's yeah. it's a rare feat to throw a no hitter this is rarer of course t- to kind of t- to kind of take this further i don't i don't know that there's anything a hitter can do that is more significant than a pitcher throwing a complete game shutout like if, if a pitcher throws a complete game shutout he's got adjust
0: your mic adjust your mic because you moved around a little bit and now it's not picking you up there is nothing a hitter can do
1: in a like if
0: a pitcher throws a complete game shutout out he's automatically the player of
1: the game because yeah. like your team just has to scratch out one run for you if you do that.
2: So that's why it's like I'm saying the feat of a no-hitter versus a complete game shutout with two homers. It sounds like you're saying Otani today is bigger than a no-hitter. Okay, Frank?
0: Yeah, I think what Otani did today in its totality, I mean, if you run through anything that you could do on a single day of baseball, this is probably the most impressive, right? Well,
2: then it leads to the final one here. Frank, we'll start with you. What is more impressive, Otani's day today or a perfect game?
0: I'm gonna say Ohtani, that might be crazy, but I just if you just think about it from a historical context, how many times has someone thrown a complete game in one day and also hit two home runs? It's totally. less than a perfect game, yeah, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like, it, it's unfounded. Like, we don't have a long, we don't
2: have 100 years of players doing these type of things, but if you wanna talk about the pantheon of the impressive, baseball is so special in that the feats that baseball can provide are I think the magnitude is so much bigger than what other sports kind of have. You have like a hat trick and hockey and stuff, but a perfect game is the top. I uh, I would argue to the death that there's no other like feat in sports that is bigger and a single accomplishment than a perfect game. Scott, perfect game or Otani's day today?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I I I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that in the years since Babe Ruth or whenever that just a true pitcher has never had a day where he homered twice. Just a conventional pitcher has had a day where he homered twice and also pitched a shutout. I, I can't say
2: with 100% certainty that that I, I don't know, if, like... I do remember Micah Owings with the Diamondbacks, like 15 years ago, hit two homers in a game and pitched in that game as well. Yeah. But I think he only it, went it five. Happened. So It's yeah, happened. I, I'm yeah. sure
1: that a, a a starting pitcher homered twice in a game.
2: So I think what it was a pitching performance like? Yeah. Yeah, Micah Owens uh, wasn't that good. He did win the. Super No, he wasn't though. that good as a pitcher. No.
1: We're going to remember any perfect game longer than we're going to remember this day from Shohei Otani. Ah.
2: Okay, I mean, do you say—I'm going to tell you right now, perfect game is above this. This is special, but Frank just said it's not, and I'm still <laughs> dicey on where you are because you're saying we're going to remember a perfect game over this. I mean, do you think so? You think, I think any so. perfect game is going to be bigger than what Otani did today? I mean, if you believe that, then then you're with well, me. Well, you keep you keep you keep shifting the goalpost on me here. I think I'm keeping it in this general range. What have I changed?
1: O- o- Otani basically single handedly won game one, and you can't a perfect yeah. game. Like I was saying, for a no hitter, whether it's a perfect game or a, a, just a regular shutout, your impact on your team winning and losing is the same it's a, it's a question of is it more impressive or does it matter more that like there's a distinction there
2: yeah i don't think i've ever said matter i i guess like i i'm kind of a i'm an adult's brain i'm just like perfect games are so special this was so special <laughs> we don't have anything to uh match it up against. And that's why I did these levels. We don't have to keep going on it. Everyone's going to feel differently. Some are going to say Otani. Some will say perfect games. What was there 24 perfect games or whatever? We also have none like this. Uh, but I think the main point to take away and how special it was, was what Otani did today is on the level of the hitter, the no-hitter, perfect game type of thing that no other player could do. And as Frank had said, I think off-air, I don't know if he said it on-air, but if you had both versions of this player going, like in a Yahoo format, it was like over 50 points scored today. It, <laughs> it's beyond, we could go on it for an oh, hour, we oh, won't do it anymore, oh, but it's crazy.
1: Oh. A, a, a commenter, Dylan Anderson, pointed this out. I just Googled it and confirmed. June 23rd, 1971. Rick Wise for the Philadelphia Phillies, hit two home runs and threw a no-hitter. Wow.
2: And threw a no-hitter. I mean, that's insane. That's the most insane. That is the single most insane performance in baseball over a perfect game. (laughs) Forget (laughs) Otani. Who's Otani? What was this guy's name again? rick wise let's get a plaque for rick wise that guy (laughs) is special that That guy is special
0: that is crazy crazy stuff there uh the point here is i i know we're all kind of a prisoner of the moment but just appreciate this man appreciate what we are watching with shohei otani because it is fun and it is really amazing to watch i hope the angels go on to do big things in the second half and and hopefully they make a run get into the playoffs and, and make some noise that at least is the hope for me. Scott, let's slide over to you, You're oh my goodness gracious player of the night. Well,
1: I picked the second most impressive player who wore an Angel's uniform today and that's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. I almost called him Runter Henfro. You almost went (laughs) Ro? Yeah, I'm all tongue-tied today as per our usual arrangement. Hunter Renfro in game one went three for four with two doubles and then in game two He went three for five with a home run and a triple. So between the two games, he hit for the cycle and then some. Six hits in all. Now, we haven't talked about Hunter Renfro much this year, in part because, you know, he's rostered in a lot of leagues and there's not many opportunities to talk about those players usually. But in part because he's been terrible. His forty-seven, his previous 47 games leading up to to this six-hit day, Hunter Renfro... Was batting just 208. This game obviously forced me to look into that a little more. And the overall batted ball profile isn't that different from the guy we've seen the past couple years, who's basically been more or less a must star player, maybe less so in a three outfielder league, but, but at least in the discussion to be starting in a three outfielder league. Uh, strikeout walks, walk rate's pretty normal. Uh, max exit velocity normal, average exit velocity down slightly. Mostly it's the barrel rate. Mostly the barrel rate uh, entering today was 7.1 percent. When usually for him it's between 10 and 13 percent. So you know that explains probably the, the the little bit of a dip in average exit velocity and hard hit rate. And and I've I've said before I feel like barrel rate when you're assessing it over the course of the season it's 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 mostly an indicator of how hot the hitter's been so I I don't know that the low barrel rate is the explanation for Renfro's struggles as much as it is uh, as much as Renfro's struggles are the explanation for the low barrel rate. Basically what I'm saying is he's probably going to be typical Hunter Renfro going forward and, and this day is a reminder of, of who that can be and uh, if if you want to treat him like a top 40 outfielder you're probably you're probably right to do so
0: i did have two waiver wire outfielders written down here scott you let me know if you would hold on to renfro or potentially drop him for one of these two names his teammate taylor ward went two for eight across the two games with two home runs three runs and three rbi he is having a big july batting 302 with five home runs and a 1058 ops tyler o'neill Went three for three with a double and a walk, and he had three hard hits in this game, including a single that was nearly 111 exit velocity. Uh, uh it,
1: hardest hit ball of the year for O'Neill.
0: Nice. In eight games since returning from the IL, he has nine hits, four doubles, and a stolen base. We know there's big upside with Tyler O'Neill. Will he be on the Cardinals after the deadline? I don't know. Uh, but again, there there is some upside with him. Scott, would you drop Renfro for either Taylor Ward or Tyler O'Neill?
1: Of the three, I think O'Neal has the most upside, but it's been a long time since he's showed us that upside. So I I don't think I would. I think Renfro is my preference of those three. Uh, I will point out, though, that Ward's playing time has become consistent again. I have to remember earlier on he was losing at-bats to Mickey Moniak. I I guess the Mike Trout injury changed that, and Trout's going to be back sooner than later. So there may still be playing time issues in Ward's future, but he's going well right now.
0: The three most added outfielders on CBS right now, Sal Frelick, Chaz McCormick, and Will Benson. Would you drop Hunter Renfro for any of those three names?
1: Frelick, Benson, and who was the third? Uh, um, McCormick. 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 Yeah, McCormick is the one that got me thinking, hmm. I like Benson a lot. I might drop him for any of those three. <laughs> Just, like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. If I was ranking them rest of season, I don't know that I'd put Renfro at the bottom of that list, but... In leagues shallow enough where those guys are available, I think I'd pursue the their upside over Renfro.
0: All right, Welsh, you are up. Your player of the night. So, very good performance
2: from Justin Steele. Justin Steele has done a lot of those. I wonder if we are, though, with the trade deadline coming up, if Justin Steele's time to maybe be looking to move off is here. So, over his last six actually including tonight this is going to add this back in he's had six straight games of going six of those six five of them have at least been three or less earned runs so that's uh you know five of six quality starts have been really good so you know we've seen that strikeout numbers are there but one of the alarming things out of this start that he just had was the velo was down pretty significantly Fastball was down by a mile and a half. Slider was down. Changeup and curveball. We're not gonna really like necessarily pick on that or anything like that. But the fastball being down is worrisome. It averaged 90 miles per hour, where it's been just about 92, it was 90 and a half, 91.9 has been the year average, topping out at 92 and a half. Fastball wasn't awesome tonight necessarily from a swing and miss perspective. 24 swings, only four whiffs. The slider got it, and Steele is a primary two pitch pitcher. And you're looking at a guy that's got an expected ERA that is getting near, especially after this last performance, getting near a full run above. If not, it's at 3-7, at least um, if this has been updated from Baseball Savant. So I look at Justin Steele, two-pitch pitcher, fastball declining, maybe getting away with a few things. He does have a huge blow up in this period of time. That when You you have a sub-3 ERA with a declining fastball, even though the results are there for a team that's ready to sell off. I love Justin Steele, he's been an awesome uh, pickup, you know, late draft guy, whatever it is. I know people are gonna be defensive about it, but from a fantasy perspective, with the trade deadline coming up and uh, fantasy trades coming up, I think I might be honing in on Justin Steele as a player I might be trying to sell right now, regardless of the oh my from this game and him being able to uh, you know, go six, strike out four, only gave up one earned run. The declines got me worried, guys. And he has good visual numbers to bring back in a solid trade if you want to maybe get out now. But maybe I'm jumping the gun, Frank.
0: Well, so let me throw it back your way because uh, I agree. It stood out to me that the velocity was down in this one. I think it's something to watch moving forward. But the fact that he... Is so good with like lower velocity. He doesn't really rely on much velocity. And if you look at his fastball, it's very big on spin rate, 82nd percentile yeah. on spin rate. So I don't know that he needs crazy velocity if he's, you know, throwing this fastball up in the zone and then the slider's down and, you know, the spin rate, everyone's just kind of getting underneath the ball. Does the fact that he's a high spin fastball, does that not worry you as much when it comes to the velocity?
2: No, I mean like I, I I like that I think that makes it better. It's actually a better with pitch this year. It was 20.3 last year. It's almost 22 this year. The batting average against is 50 points lower than last year, but the expected batting average is only like 0.25 less than it was last year and the slider seems to be less effective. He's throwing the fastball more than he did last year and the slider's uh, usage has come down a little bit, but so have the whiffs and the batting average is up. And it's just there's less wiggle room. We talk about these guys, you know? There's less wiggle room with two-pitch pitchers. The spin is great, the control is great. He's still going to be a good pitcher like anything when you talk about these things. It doesn't mean he's not going to be good, but This isn't like a Bieber situation, high spin rates with four or five pitches that he can work with. These are two pitches. This is a fastball that could be declining and a slider that's already a little bit less effective than it was last year. I just don't like that. And I guess if I'm being proactive, you have a guy that's got a sub three ERA and that might come back with a haul, especially if you are trying to consolidate maybe pitching for some hitting. Maybe in a roto league, you're getting up on your innings, you're trying to get some hitting before the deadline. He's just a guy I think I would try to target out there. But to your point, there are players that just defy the odds and he has been one of those guys. I just don't like some of the trends.
1: Well, one of, I mean, a one-start sample of velocity being down a mile per hour doesn't usually move me. I I will point out that Justin Steele was one of my 15 pitchers. I, I wrote about, well, like a week ago, 15 pitchers with innings limit concerns. With this start, Justin Steele is now less than ten innings away from his career high. I put his concern level at medium because obviously you can exceed your career, your previous high by dozens of innings, but it's it's harder to predict how you're going to perform once you're in uncharted territory with the innings. And so, you know, if he—that's a great
2: point that I didn't even bring up. I Attach an innings concern to Velo yeah. that comes right up on that. The team is going to know that as well. Hopefully the fantasy owners don't know that. If you do want Hopefully they didn't to read that, the article. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs>
1: Hopefully. And, and, and yeah, I mean, if people are looking at ERA, they're oh look, you 287 ERA, 11 wins. That's a really valuable pitcher. I see for, despite those numbers, I see Justin Steele is pretty globby since he's, yeah. you know, not much of a strikeout pitcher. Um, a lot of it, you know, he's had a really low walk rate this year, which has helped, but that's not something we've seen a lot of in his history. Uh, so, If you if you can sell him for somebody who's not gloppy, then regardless of what you think this particular start means with the velocity and the innings, uh, then I, I think that's a smart move.
0: All right, today's glob count is now up to two so far, and I just said the word, so I guess that makes it three times. We said it a few times on yesterday's podcast without you here, Scott. So
1: not even me here.
0: Yeah, man, you, you, I'm, you, father, yes. I'm the father of globbery. Oh well, there you go. Let's make it four. Someone said a uh, new drinking game. Every time we say that word, we have to. Uh, someone has to take a shot. I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend doing that because I don't either. You're gonna. You're gonna fall <laughs> out of your chair pretty soon. So <laughs> don't do that. But uh, yes, that is the latest trendy word and phrase that we've, we have here on the podcast, courtesy of Scott White. Uh, so Justin Steele, a name there, you could look to uh, try and sell high and cash in on now before your league's trade do- deadline is here. A couple of other pitchers I wanted to mention in the same vein, just guys that are pitching well right now. Tanner Bybee has allowed three earned runs or fewer in seven straight starts. He was at the White Sox, six and two thirds innings, three runs allowed with six strikeouts and 16 swinging strikes actually wrote down his last six starts uh during that span 173 era 102 whip over a strikeout per inning nearly a 15 percent swinging strike rate for tanner Bybee, and kodai senga put together another strong start up against the nationals six innings one run five strikeouts with 14 swinging strikes on 99 pitches and over his last six starts 241 era 104 whip 43 strikeouts over 33 and two-thirds innings the walks, much more manageable, getting ground balls, limiting hard contact. Scott, I think there is a lot to like with both Tanner Bybee and Kodai Senga right now. I moved them. I know Senga's close to my top 30 now. I think mm-hmm. Bybee, I think I put Bybee right at 40. I feel like he's earned that the way he's pitched recently. I,
1: I moved them up quite a bit in my latest rankings update, too. I don't, think quite, I don't think I moved them quite as high as you did, but I'll pull that up and see. see what I can see. Uh, yeah, so I, I will point out that Bybee recently has begun throwing his curveball more. Uh, this was the second straight start. He threw it about 15% of the time previously. He was throwing it like 8% of the time, and it has a good whiff rate and seems to pair up nicely with the slider, and it might help explain why he's started to take off here. I think there's a lot of upside. I think Tanner Bybee... Is a pitcher with the potential to transcend the glob, which I, you have to like. Mm, five. Uh, let me see. I have him fifty fourth. I have Kodai Senga thirty second.
0: Yeah, you actually have Senga higher than me, but I have yeah. Bybee higher than you. So for
1: for Senga, I get the feeling he's kind of like a less extreme version of Blake Snell. So you're not going to get the incredible highs, but you're not going to get the debilitating lows. It, meanwhile, his walk rate's going to fluctuate. First twelve starts, five point six walks per nine. Last seven, two point nine walks per nine. That's why he's been better recently. But I don't know that. I don't know that we can trust him to be a two point nine walks per nine guy going forward, just because he has been in his last seven starts. I mean, in this one, three walks in six innings. Uh, so. It might not be a bad idea to shop him when he's performing at his best either. I'm not saying it's essential. I'm not as worried about... Well, I, I don't think the return would be as good as, as for a Blake Snell, who we talked about as a sell high a couple days ago. Uh, I don't know that the return would be as good, and, and I don't know that the, my fears for Senga are as great as for Snell. So I don't think it's, it's as imperative to shop him, but it, it wouldn't be a bad idea.
0: All right, well, let's take our first break. And when we return, I've got one other waiver wire hitter and uh, a few pitchers I want to bring up as well. We'll do that right after this. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Warned by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the new balance fuel cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, and a quick reminder to follow us on TikTok. If you dabble on the app, uh, you can find us at FBT Pod, or if for some reason you're using TikTok on a computer somewhere, it's TikTok.com slash FBT Pod. We take some highlights from this podcast, from the In Five podcast, cover them up with highlights. So we're doing some f- fun things over there. Make sure to follow us on TikTok at FBT Pod. One other waiver wire hitter I wanted to mention Jake Berger. Cooks up a double quarter pounder with cheese. Two more home runs. For him, he is batting 218 with 24 homers in only 310 plate appearances. His ISO this season is 312. That is tied for second in all of baseball with Matt Olsen and trails only Shohei Otani. So the power is real. He's very streaky. He also strikes out a ton. Welsh, Jake Berger is 45% rostered, has first base and third base eligibility. He's about to get second base as well. Um, Would you take him over other recent corner infield ads? We've talked a lot about Spencer Torkelson, Tristan Casas recently. Those guys have turned it on over the past month. Uh, Would you take Berger over either of those names?
2: kind of want to find a spot for burger, but not over those two. Definitely not over Casas or Torkelson. I mean, the thing that I have loved is like the barrel percentage and hard hit percentage has been like at elite levels the last 30 days. It's just like you said, the consistency is not there. I don't know. There could be something about, you know, the defensive changes that he's playing and trying to figure out playing time that could be a part of it. I love the idea of him playing second base. I really do. But maybe this is going to be a a version of Max Muncie. You know, maybe that's like the high end. You can see multi-position eligible, maybe playing in the infield, low batting average, higher power. I do think if this team does make some of these moves, Tim Anderson goes, there's always injury things. Berger continue can hit at the, high, uh, the, the top of the lineup or moving up in the lineup, and he did hit 297 in May, 242 in April. So we've seen some batting average stuff. So I have some interest in him, but it's not gonna be over those other two guys.
0: Somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter and I hadn't realized his home road splits this season are insane. 264 batting average with 16 home runs and a 991 OPS at home this year. On the road, 171 batting average, Still has eight home runs, but it's six eighteen OPS. So maybe if you play in a daily lineup league, just get him in there whenever he's at home, or if you're in a weekly lineup league and they've got six games at home. Yeah, maybe that's when we're uh, looking at he's, streaming. Does Jake he think he's Berger. in
2: Colorado? Does he think he's playing in <laughs> the Rockies? Know. That's weird.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, I, I don't know there with uh with Jake Berger, but man He is the- he is on the road for this upcoming week. Ah All right, well, I'll just delete the past three minutes of the podcast when I edit. No, I'm
1: just <laughs> <laughs> to, There are weeks beyond next week. It's fine.
0: That is fair. Uh, but I do agree. I, I like Jake Berger, especially if you need a middle infielder with pop. He's about to gain that second base. But I'm not taking him over Tristan Casas or Spencer Torkelson either. Three waiver wire pitchers from Thursday. Josiah Gray, back-to-back strong outings after back-to-back rough outings. If you look at his game log, there's a lot of that in there. It's like, yeah, two good ones, two not-so-good ones. But... It evens out, and he's got a 3.27 ERA on the season. The whip is still very high. Uh, in this performance at the Mets, six shutout innings with four strikeouts for Josiah Gray. Michael Lorenzen finally had his scoreless inning streak snapped against the Angels. Five innings, three runs, seven strikeouts, but had 16 swinging strikes. That was pretty impressive. Patrick Sandoval has allowed two earned runs or fewer in the past three starts, and he was at the Tigers. Five innings, two runs, four strikeouts there. Scott, any interest here in Sandoval, Lorenzen, or Josiah Gray? Uh,
1: not a lot. I, I still don't like the underlying numbers for Josiah Gray, as, as has been the discussion with him all year. Sandoval, yeah, he's not allowed many runs. Two of his last three starts have been only five innings, and he's walking a bunch of guys and not striking out many guys. And I just think you're, you're playing with fire there as well. Uh, Lorenzen has been the most usable, even though I think he's the least talented. And his start for this upcoming week is another favorable matchup against the Pirates. But I left him out of my 10 sleeper pitchers. So I'm not sure he's going to be with the Tigers by the time that matchup comes up. <laughs> I was out. about to say, so, if he
2: makes it, but doesn't that make like, Because I'm kind of into Lorenzen and the rumors of the places he would go are exponentially. even better. if he were to go to the Rays or the Astros or something like that, does that not get you going a little bit more on Lorenzen?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, okay. That might be enough to get him into the glob. Yep. Right now, he's just been... Six. A, 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 I feel like he's been kind of phony baloney, Michael Lorenzen, but if he has a great offense backing him, then I'm a little more open-minded to him being <sighs> rich in terms of fantasy usability. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's see where he winds up, but um, right. he's the most rosterable of these three, but he's not like, the most rosterable.
0: Scott, your mic is doing that thing again. <laughs> Move it around or maybe you should just stop moving. Just talk right into the microphone. I like when you <laughs> stared at it earlier.
2: Just stare at it. Really give it the business.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't think it's like a unplug and plug-it in thing. I think okay. it's just maybe where you're positioning your body and kind of talking into is it.
1: Positioned. You know, it's these directional mics so they don't pick up the ambient sounds. You That's have true. to talk. You have to talk like you're making out with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that, or no, uh, please, I don't know. maybe that would make for a nice, uh, we can turn that into a TikTok and, and post that later on. Uh, anywho, let's move on from the waiver wire pitchers here. We'll get back I got a few other standouts from Thursday later on. Let's hit some news and notes. Uh, Shohei Otani, for all the great that he did, he did exit Thursday due to cramping. It's really hot out there. This guy's working overtime. I think he's gonna be just fine. Lucas Gilito is scheduled to make his Angels debut Friday in Toronto. Scott, any quick thoughts on the move here? Giolito to the Angels?
1: Uh, not beyond what was said yesterday. I think I know I, I know Chris Towers made a big deal of he's joining a six-man rotation now. That's my biggest concern for Giolito, too. How many two-star weeks is he going to have rest of season? I do think there's a a chance that they... Accommodate him and and just have a very unpredictable rotation going forward, so they can keep him more or less on less on regular rest and space out the other guys more. There, there's a chance of that happening. I, did you bring up his career numbers at at with the White Sox? At their part guaranteed rate field, I think it's called.
0: No, no, we did not.
1: Okay, so he has a career 4.60 ERA at Guaranteed Rate Field. Everywhere else. Lucas Giolito has a 394 ERA. So he didn't like pitching there. In theory, Angel Stadium's a tougher place to pitch. Not by much, but by a little. Uh, but maybe he'll just like pitching there more. I don't know. It's 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 if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic about it elevating Giolito, that's the reason. I think he's kind of overachieved in general this year. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, is his fantasy stock doesn't really change in my eyes the biggest thing to watch for is it does he start every sixth day now instead of every fifth day
0: we did have another trade we mentioned it up at the top david robertson traded over to the miami marlins for looks like i don't know if both of these names are prospects but they're definitely young players marco vargas and uh Ronald Hernandez. Uh, Welsh, so I guess we'll start here with you. Uh, anything we need to know about the prospects the Mets received in this trade? <laughs> I Like that, you're like, I think these are pro- I think these are people. I think <laughs> I think
2: they got like actual. <laughs> they're people. not major leaguers. My,
0: my AI creations. My thing is, I I don't know if you can call every young player a prospect. Are they a prospect if they're not like a ranked prospect? I, I, I don't know. Is Marco that, yeah.
2: uh, Marco Vargas is a prospect. The uh, other one we'll see, but Marco Vargas has been playing uh, in rookie ball. 18 years old, middle infielder, hitting two eight stolen. Bases, two homers, a 457 OBP. And this would be, and this is the second straight year from the Dominican summer to uh, the complex league where he has had more walks and strikeouts. It's nothing to necessarily like, oh, this is amazing, because that happens because the pitching is so atrocious. But for it to happen at both levels, I think that's actually a pretty big positive point. Uh, big bat speed. He's actually been kind of one of those pop up players that people have been focusing on. 128 bats, not only the two homers, but he's got 11 doubles which is pretty solid. He had 13 all last year in the Dominican Summer League and it's 20 less games, so the power's starting to develop. Uh, Two straight years of 400 OBP. There is a real potential that like, this is actually a half solid get, but I will acknowledge like, I'm a little like, anytime I see a prospect I know, I'm like, ooh, this is cool. Like people yeah. were freaking out last night when I posted about me liking the trade that the White Sox got and Edgar Cue. I was like, I actually I was like, like this. It like good return for a rental. Everyone's like, no. So they a, like, they got a top one hundred prospect and then some for it. I didn't, rental. and I didn't think there was an offer like that anywhere else. And everyone yeah. was like, you should get more. It's a rental player, so. Maybe I have a little bit of a bias when I hear a name that I know, because sometimes you'll see these trades and it's like, who's that? Um, And this was one that I know, and this was kind of a pop-up complex league player. So I like this, but I could understand why everybody wants things now, because Marco Vargas is like four or five years away at best in the best situation here. But uh, it's not a horrible return for whatever Mets fans thought they were going to get for David Robertson.
1: I I, I like Frank, how you started with the far off prospects as opposed to the, the, the redraft ramifications of this deal.
0: I wanted to work the Welsh and we haven't heard from him in a while. And I'm (laughs) like, you know, I don't know anything about these prospects. So the Welsh might know something. Uh, Let's talk about the ramifications in redraft leagues. Lots of moving parts here. Scott, I guess, for both bullpens, do you think David Robertson automatically steps in as the closer of the Marlins? A.J. Puck has struggled recently. And for the Mets, is it Adam Adovino? Do you think they trade mm-hmm. Adovino as well? Because Brooks Raley picked up a save here on Thursday. What do you think about both?
1: Yeah, I think this is a pretty significant closer shakeup. <laughs> I do expect David Robertson to be the closer going forward. And and Skip Schumacher, excuse me, Skip Schumacher hasn't messed around with it too much this year. He's had a set closer. He's had a set setup man. Hasn't done a lot of this uh, uh, you know, high leverage mixing and matching kind of stuff. The one hesitation is that their other two late inning guys, A.J. Puck and, and Tanner Scott, are both lefties, and now they have a righty in, in David Robertson. They did just acquire Jorge Lopez, but I don't know how much they're going to trust him in high leverage spots yet because he struggled with the Twins. Uh, so that's the one hesitation. But I, I expect I, I expect Robertson will be getting... The saves going forward, and puck is out of luck for the Mets. Uh, uh, my my first reaction was to say, "Oh yeah, pick up Adavino. He's been sort of the backup closer this year, but he's an impending free agent too. I think he has a player option. Um, so it's very likely if the Mets traded Robertson, they're also going to trade Adovino. Uh Rayleigh's under team control for a while. Maybe he is actually the guy to pick up. I would almost go fifty-fifty with him at this point if I was. Uh, distributing my fab dollars. The other interesting angle here is I guess the Mets are sellers, huh? Like if they're trading their closer, they're they're packing it in, waving the white flag. And I feel like we is, knew that,
2: but maybe like you just needed the confirmation. Like we kind of well, all thought this was gonna happen.
1: I, I mean you could understand given how far back they are, but teams have made incredible runs in August and September and, and they have the so much and I mean they have the highest payroll by far, right? Are we going to see, like, Scherzer, Verlander get traded potentially? Because that would be, that would make for a big trade deadline. We, we, thought, we thought it was going to be kind of quiet with Otani being taken off the table, but I don't know. The Mets are involved, maybe
0: not. Zach Eflin could potentially make his next scheduled start Tuesday against the Yankees after an MRI on his left knee didn't show anything overly concerning. Good news. Tommy Edmond is scheduled to begin a rehab assignment Saturday. He's been out since July 7th with right wrist soreness. Mets manager Buck Showalter said that Starling Marte is still dealing with migraines. He may seek out a second opinion in the near future. Estee Ruiz participated in batting practice and throwing on Thursday and will begin a rehab assignment at AAA on Friday. Wilson Contreras was hit in the back of the head by Ian Happ's backswing in the first inning on Thursday and exited immediately. I was... Actually kind of a scary situation, but latest update says that he's expected to be in the lineup Friday. So maybe not so scary. Good news on Wilson Contreras. Miles Michaelis was ejected for throwing at Ian Happ on consecutive pitches after he hit Contreras with that backswing. So there you go. Some drama there between the Cubs and the Cardinals. Ryan Helsley will throw another bullpen session Saturday. He's not eligible to return until mid-August. Mason Miller threw a 20-pitch bullpen session on Wednesday. He'll complete at least one more bullpen before throwing live batting practice. Welsh, would you be looking to stash Mason Miller? He's 31% rostered.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, he's not gonna have any innings cap because of, you know, we talked about how much he didn't pitch prior to this 30 total career uh, minor league innings and he came up. Um, He's not gonna be under any restriction from that standpoint. I just do think that anything they would do is gonna be pretty babied. So I'm cool with stashing, but my expectations would be relatively low. Uh, Even though he looked pretty good when he was up, I gotta imagine, we're going to work him in in the innings. But, um, you know, they threw him right out there and went crazy. But yeah, stash him, see what happens, but keep low expectations.
0: Noah Syndergaard is scheduled to start for the Guardians on Monday in Houston. He was acquired in the Ahmed Rosario trade. And we did have a much lesser trade on Thursday as well. Earlier in the day, the Brewers acquired Carlos Santana in exchange for 18 year old prospect Johnny Severino. Santana batting 235 this year with 12 home runs, 53 RBI, and a 732 OPS. A pretty sizable park shift and lineup upgrade for carlos santana scott he is 34 percent rostered does this trade move the needle at all for you on carlos santana
1: uh not a lot i mean he's been so, he's been kind of out of the the usable category in fantasy for several years has, has kind of verged on that again this year uh, put up pretty decent numbers with the Pirates. I'm curious what his expected home runs in Milwaukee would be. I hadn't looked that up yet. So he has 12 this year. If he played every game in Miller Park, according to Stackhouse, he'd have 12. So mm.
0: um,
1: I do have him as a sleeper hitter for this week. Brewers have the best matchups. So nice. That Santana at least has that going for him.
0: That's American Family Field to you, Scott.
1: <laughs> See, this is. That's why I was like, I think it's guaranteed Ray Field, where the. <laughs> why I can't keep up with.
0: Yeah, I used with, to know uh, the names of all the. Ball- anymore. I used to know the names yeah. of all the bar- ballparks. I I don't know them anymore. It's just that one has ingrained in my mind because I just know it's not Miller Park anymore for some reason. Let's take our final break, and when we return, fantasy feud. We'll play that, and then we'll preview
3: Week yes. 18. Up next on Fantasy Baseball today. and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Welcome back in, let's play some Fantasy Feud. For those who don't know, it's just like Family Feud. The way it works, I'll ask a question. One of you, as or both of you, can try to buzz in and answer. If you get one of the right answers, then you choose whether or not you want to pass or play. If you play, you have to get all the right answers. And if you don't get them all, then your opponent has a chance to steal with mm-hmm. one correct answer. How do we buzz in? Uh, you can say your name, Scott, or whatever kind of sound you want to make. Just make a noise. The Welsh. Yeah. Has, I, I uh, have a buzz. I have, a, I have a, a well-known buzz. You could say. I
2: think you should say glob. I have a buzz. This <laughs> oh. is my buzzer. I go. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a rooster ish. So. <laughs> Little Shakira,
0: about Turkey. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like yeah, some turkey, kind of. I mean,
2: sorry, Turkey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right, so we got two more of those in there. Uh, the counter is up to eight at this point. All right, let's play Fantasy Feud. Let's fire up some music here. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our first question. Eight players. Let me know. Is it too loud? Is it really too loud? That's
1: a lot.
2: Maybe a little I bit just, lower.
1: I right, just look. wish it was like a golf. A hoedown like the original Fin family feud
2: theme, and it's not. There's something like, I don't know, like that 80s type of music, like that has a very you're just like, eh. I try it's to, unsettling to me. I try actually,
0: to jazz thinking. it up, and it's like not good enough for Scott. He wants the original Nothing's ever like good that. enough for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eight players. Eight players already have 15 home runs and 15 steals this season. Oh, gosh. Name them. 15-15. Oh. Welsh, you're up.
2: Uh, Corbin Carroll.
0: Corbin Carroll is the number two answer on the board scott uh, oh scott you have a chance what, to uh... what is it
2: combined
1: you're
0: saying i guess ronald acuna yeah ronald acuna is number one how I... did you order them well? I, I, oh yeah. yeah i didn't yeah i didn't, I didn't really I, thought... I didn't add them up but I know that there is one name, at least that is higher than Corbin Carroll, and it is Ronald Acuna. I should have said that. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> didn't even the put these in any particular order? I, I mean, you know, it's, I, I, had I a, guess
1: it only matters for this portion. Yeah, I uh, guess I should have just said that.
0: Uh, okay. All right, Scott, you get to decide. Pass or play? Uh, I'm going to pass. Ooh. All right, right. Welsh, so you are up. Two names already off the board, Ronald Acuna and Corbin Carroll. Eight players have 15 home runs and 15 steals. Six are left. Do you have an answer? Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is correct. He is one of them. Good job. All right. Do I have to keep going? I have to guess every single one. Yeah, I have
2: to
1: guess every well, single one. You're old. leaving yep. me a chance to steal and oh
0: Okay, Bobby Witt. You have up Junior. to three buzzers, by the way. Um, yes, Bobby Witt Jr. is also one of them. Okay. What do I have?
2: Four? Yeah, four so far. Four of eight. Oh, man. I'm going to like. St- uh, Jose Ramirez.
0: Jose Ramirez is not correct. Oh! uh. So
2: that's your first of three buzzers, Welsh. Crap. And, like, people are, like, screaming. Like, what are you doing? What do you know? You don't get... It always
0: happens that way. People think it's so easy, but when you're on the clock, it's really not that easy.
2: Oh, oh, man. I'm I'm trying to envision all of the stolen base people in my brain right now, uh, and I know I need to give an answer. Let's go with... uh, I'm going to just get one out of the way. Um, Oh, who the hell is I going to just say? Uh, Mookie Betts. Let's just do that. Let's get that out of the way. Mookie Betts
0: does not qualify. He does not have enough stolen bases. Oh, uh, Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is correct. Julio has 17 home runs and 23 steals on the season. So you currently have have five of eight. Dang. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis is correct. You have six of eight. Now I'm sweating. Uh-oh, just, over I'm, here. Scott so just strange. get it
2: wrong, get it wrong. Okay, the last two. Oh, with the 15 homers. Oh, man, I want to get these right, but I'm not going to get them. This is a weird one. Anthony Volpe?
0: Anthony Volpe is not correct. So you got six out of eight. Scott, you oh have goodness. the opportunity to steal.
1: I'm going to steal it, baby. You ready? Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker
0: is... Correct. Good answer. Scott Swoops in with the steal, and Kyle Tucker is actually the... Good answer. Good answer. Kyle Tucker is the name that I wanted to highlight on this list. Over the last 28 days, he is the number one overall player in Roto, the number one hitter in points leagues during that span, batting 390 with eight home runs, five steals, tons of counting stats, has 18 home runs and 19 steals on the season. The one name that you guys did not get on the list. Fraley? Francisco Lindor. Uh, 19 home runs and 17 steals. He has been on a tear since the start of June. So again, the eight names, Acuna, Carol, Fernando Tatis, Bobby Witt Jr., Lindor, Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Tucker, and Christian Yelich. Are you guys ready? Question. You know, just missed two. that list,
2: by the way, just real quick. Who was that? Kim just missed it. 14 homers, 19 stolen bases. I wanted to say Ozzie Albies. That was one. I knew that would have been incorrect. So good job, Scott. I'm going to get smoked Thank in this game. Good All right, Passin. let's
0: go. All right, let's go. Eight qualified starting pitchers have a swinging strike rate over 14%. Really? Eight All right. qualified.
2: Blob. I wasn't going to let you go.
0: <laughs> All right, Scott, you're up. Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan is correct. He is the number two answer. Welsh, you have a chance to get the number one answer.
2: Spencer Strider.
0: Spencer Strider is the number one answer. (laughs) I I know, it's so crazy that (laughs) Scott got the Ronald Acuna portion, but didn't get the Spencer Strider portion of these questions. Welsh, you get to decide whether or not you want to pass or play.
2: There's two more.
0: There are six more. There's eight qualified starting points. Oh
2: <laughs> bass. Take it, buddy. You have a you have a blast. You have a good time. No, I really regret not saying Strider. You have a great time.
0: Oh, Alright.
1: Scott, you're up. Over 14% swinging strike rate, you said? Yep. I
2: got uh, one in my head. I got a sneaky one, I think, in my head. I'm blanking already.
0: Uh uh. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is. Incorrect! Garrett Cole down at 11.9% on the season. The better reason. Yes. But that's not the question, is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I gotta come up with some others here. Yeah. 14% <laughs> swinging strike rates
0: Let's go. Well, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Uh, he is at thirteen point one percent. That is your second strike, Scott. Ooh, things are taking an ugly turn here. Uh, uh. Again, okay. we have the number one and two answers: Strider and McClanahan. Lee, baseball, and swinging strike rate.
1: Number one and two, we got, but we need number three, don't we? Number three. All we need is three. Oh, Kevin
0: Gosman. Three through eight. Kevin Gosman this season. Incorrect.
2: Oh. Wow. Really?
0: 12.9% swing rigged. strike rate for Kevin Gossett. All right, Welsh, uh, you have the I opportunity am, to steal here.
2: I'm, I have one <laughs> name in my head the whole time. I never updated it. Uh-oh. This is a huge throw. Please don't hate me. Jesus Lazardo is the only guy that was in my head.
0: Jesus Lazardo might <laughs> be right. Is... Correct! Let's go! Let's go! go. And it's funny because Jesus Lazaro was also the name I wanted to highlight here on this list. He is the SP-11 in both formats this season. In both Roto and head-to-head points, 3.22 ERA, 1.15 whip, well over a strikeout per inning, and a 14.5% swinging strike rate for Jesus Lazaro. The other names that you guys missed, Luis Castillo, Domingo Herman, Blake Snell... (laughs) Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan. Oh, that was the greatest pass of all time in that game. No,
2: with with 20 strikes, there's no chance Scott and I got Domingo Hermann on that list.
1: Right. I I just want to point out, Lozardo might be one of the biggest innings concerns of all, because his, he threw 112 innings last year. He's already passed his career high, uh, surpassed it with 120 and a third this year. I'll probably let him go to like 100, 150, but... Who knows had, how it's going to
2: play out. I had nothing else. That's oh. all I had. The whole time I was like, Luzardo's the only one. I had nothing else, Frank. What a, what a shot. All right.
0: Well, we've Lizard, got the uh, the rubber match. The third and final question here. We kind of got to make it quick, too. All right, all right, Leave it on. to me. The The only day with a five-game slate, we're running long on a podcast, right? Uh, anyway, final question. Six relievers have 25 or more saves this season. Well, Walsh was go. Walsh was in
2: first. Uh, number, oh, number one, Felix Bautista.
0: Felix Bautista is on the list. He is not the number one answer. Scott?
2: Ooh. Trying to
1: remember who has more saves than Felix Bautista. (laughs) I am going to say- I know a better answer. Oh, oh, uh, Alexis
0: Diaz. Alexis Diaz is the number two answer. Felix Bautista was number three. So, Scott- Take it Welsh, take it, Uh, get it out of here. All All right, right. you are passing. There's four more, uh, six names total, with more than 25 saves in baseball this season. 25. Yeah, this might be pretty easy. hater Josh Hater is incorrect. He has 24, ah. he just missed. Okay, Jordan Romano is one. Jordan Romano said it with confidence. Yes. It is correct, he has yes. 28 <laughs> saves.
2: Oh, you dummy. What are the dummy answers that I'm forgetting because I'm being a dummy?
0: Three more names here on the list. And I got uh, Manuel Class A. Uh, Manuel Class A is correct. He picked up his 28th save here on Thursday. Two more names on the list. More. Over 25 saves this season. Camilo Duvall. Camilo Duvall is the number one answer. 31 saves this year. Welsh, you need one more to wrap up the game and you still have two (laughs) buzzes left. You seem legitimately stressed.
2: Oh no. Okay, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing the teams right now. This I don't think this is a good guess and I'm going to put myself under serious pressure here. Ryan Presley.
0: Ryan Presley for the win. Is incorrect. He has 24 oh, saves. Yeah, baby. I'm all right, Welsh. Watch this. Welsh, you almost did it. One answer, one guess left. The to, final to win it all. One <gasps> Estevez. Carlos Estevez. That's your final answer. Carlos Estevez. or hey, the gosh, win. Right? Who wants to be a millionaire? This final answer. Incorrect. Yeah. All right, All Carlos right. Esteves. I gotta get it right now. 23 saves. Scott White with a chance to steal and win our first and potentially only game of fantasy feud this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. All right, Scott, you're up. Don't do it. Devin Williams, Devin Williams <laughs> for all the marbles, for the trophy, Steven. for the fantasy feud trophy to take down the Welsh is correct. Yes! That's so easy. It's so it's it's uh, how did I get
2: Duvall and didn't get Devin Williams? It's great. Yep.
0: Oh, man. Good stuff there. I mean, well, she did. You did a great job. I just, getting I couldn't all... close it out. It was closers and I couldn't close the game. You could, I uh, You could not close I blew it, it out. The six relievers who lead baseball in saves right now, Camilo Doval, Alexis Diaz, Felix Bautista, Emmanuel Class A, Jordan Romano, and Devin Williams. 26 saves for Devin Williams, 17 of those since the start of June. He has been on fire lately. Scotty, great job, my friend.
2: Good job. Very good job. By the way, I mean, I'm hater 24, Presley 24. <laughs> I just want to point out, I picked seven eight and nine on that list and I just I botched it good job you deserve the win you deserve the win
0: thank you all right Scott and uh, your prize now is that you get to give us all of the week 19 sleepers so let's (laughs) uh, let's jump into that and we'll start things off with the schedule for next week it's pretty uh, spread out next week 12 teams have seven games 16 teams have six games and two unlucky teams have five games next week the Tigers and the A's I think we're probably staying away from both of those teams. Anyway, starters sit these two-star pitchers. They might be on the fringe right now. And Scott, we'll start with you. Carlos wrote, sounds I like you I want to say
1: something. If I this with a couple things. Sure. First of all, this is like the most stacked list of two-star pitchers ever. I usually the no thanks tier of the two-star pitcher rankings for me is like half the list, maybe maybe a third at least, and. For this week, 30 of the 38 pitchers are in a tier higher than no thanks. So the majority of the list I'm recommending on some level. The other thing I need to preface it with is it's probably all bunk because of the trade 10 line. Things are going to get shifted around so much unless it's just a really quiet deadline that, that maybe we shouldn't take any of these recommendations too seriously. But anyway, go ahead.
0: All right. Starter sit these two-star pitchers. Carlos Rodon is first up. He was better against the Mets. Still kind of shaky so far, and tough-ish matchups. I don't know how we rate Tampa Bay nowadays, but he's home against Tampa Bay, home against the Astros. Scott, starter sit, Carlos Rodon.
1: I lean start with him just because I think he's got to get better at some point.
0: All right, next up is John Gray, who has been bad recently, but really good matchups going up against the White Sox and the Marlins. Welsh starter sit John Gray next week.
2: I think I could get down with that one especially if that White Sox team depletes itself a little bit and they're mix matching some lineups uh, I will I'll go with the start on that one
0: Bryce Miller is coming off a start where he allowed four home runs to the Minnesota Twins he is facing the Red Sox and he's at the Angels Scott start or sit I'm gonna lean yes on him too all right, Taiwan Walker, he's been kind of bland, you know, he was good for a while and then just kind of bland now. But great matchups as well. Going up against the Marlins and the Royals, Welsh starter sit Taiwan Walker.
2: This yeah, he's a little bland to me, but if you are trying to play those extra innings on in the two starts, the Kansas City matchup is great, the Miami matchup is pretty solid. I think I could do this one even though I, I kind of don't want to. I like the next one much better, but I'll say yes.
0: All right, the next one is Yusei Kikuchi who has been has pitched better recently, but some scary matchups here. Up against the Orioles and at the Red Sox, Scott, starter set Kikuchi.
1: So I have him in the points league only category. I, I do have Walker a tier higher. Um, but it sounds, like, it sounds like Welsh would reverse the two in priority. All right. I think so.
0: Well, Welsh, you get Jack Flaherty, who we don't know if he's going to be on the Cardinals anymore. But he is facing the Twins, who strike out an absurd amount. And he's facing the Rockies, who are on the road. What do you think about Jack Flaherty?
2: Uh, I actually don't like this one. I'm not the, I know Flaherty has had his moments. Uh, I don't have a lot of trust. Also, this team is gonna be a little bit dicey. If I were putting all my eggs in the two-start basket, think I would actually go away from this one. Uh, Expected numbers still kind of close to the ERA. So a four and a half guy who's walking four per nine and under nine K per nine. The matchups aren't like, you know, crazy, crazy worrisome, but I would avoid.
0: All right, well, there's only one way to wrap up this discussion and that's with good old Lance Lynn, Scott at the rangers mm-hmm. and at the guardians
1: yeah lance lynn and flaherty both believe it or not are among the eight pitchers in the no thanks category
0: all right we, we finally done it we've severed our ties to lance lynn we are done until he gets traded to like tampa bay and he's awesome uh two star pitchers to add and stream there are nine names on this list scott mentioned it is a robust list this week mm-hmm. who are the names here scotty
1: so Ranger Suarez has cooled off recently, but his matchups this week, same as Taiwan Walker at Miami versus KC. Uh, he's my favorite sleeper pitcher for this week. He's good at limiting damage, if nothing else. And that might just mean six shutout innings against those two lineups. Kyle Gibson, who has pitched very well of late at Toronto versus the Mets. Those are both not terrible matchups, actually. Seth Lugo, even though his first start is at Colorado with the way he's pitched recently, a second start's against the Dodgers, by the way, so two tough matchups. You know, Rockies lineup even in Colorado, was it really that tough? I I don't know. That's an argument we could have. But I think Seth Lugo's a decent start. I I trust the profile. Even with those matchups, JP France, he gets the Guardians and he's at the Yankees. Yankees are going to have Judge back by that point, though. So not as favorable of a matchup as it has been. Jose Quintana at KC at Baltimore. One good matchup, one less than good, but in a big ballpark there in Baltimore. Domingo Herman against the Rays and the Astros. Hey, he's one of eight pitchers with better than a 14% swinging strike rate. Edward Cabrera against the Phillies at the Rangers. Not the greatest matchups. Very uh, hit or miss pitcher, but you know. It, it it could be that he gives you a lot of strikeouts this week with those two starts. Griffin Canning, same thing at Atlanta versus Seattle. One not-so-great matchup, one pretty good matchup. Johan Oviedo, two great matchups here against the Tigers and at the Brewers. Uh, and he's coming off a good start. He's He's been pretty good lately, just all in all. So, uh, you know, if you're really looking for volume, your opponent has five two-star pitchers in his lineup for this week you might want to pick up Oviedo and then Taj Bradley at Detroit he's pitched better of late that's a really good matchup obviously
0: all right let's slide over to the hitters best hitter matchups for next week the Brewers the Reds Phillies Padres and Giants the worst hitter matchups A's Tigers Red Sox Angels and the Rangers with that being said by,
1: by the way Taj Bradley was just one start I and I, I Included him with the two-star pitchers because I had him as a sleeper pitcher, but that was just the one start at Detroit. Fair yeah, enough. Okay, so, so let's get into sleeper hitters here. Mentioned the Brewers have the best matchups. Uh, I, I, I mentioned Carlos Santana as among my sleeper hitters this week as a result. We'll see if he gets his new career with Milwaukee off to a bang. Uh, bang. Uh, Sal Freelich is another Brewer that I'd consider starting with those good matchups. Reds have the second best matchups, as you pointed out. Three lefties on the schedule in their seven games. They have a lot of left-handed hitters in their lineup, and they're the ones that are most available. Um, I, I do like TJ Friedel and uh, Will Benson for this week, though, because of the left-handed hitters. Those are the two that get starts against left-handers sometimes. And the matchups are favorable, as I said. Cubs rotation, Nationals rotation in seven games. friedel has been cold, but... I don't think that's going to be a long-standing issue. Maybe these matchups will be enough for him to get out of it. Seiya Suzuki's been hot. He's on this list. Chaz McCormick, hot. He's on this list. Uh, Jack Sawinski's been hot. And when he's hot, he's very hot. Only one left-hander on the schedule for the Pirates. Jock Peterson with the Giants having the fifth-best matchup and only one lefty on the schedule. I think we give him a look. Wilmer Flores, who's been the Giants' hottest hitter. And I think that covers everybody. Oh, number one on the list, didn't mention him, Lars Nupar, who is quite hot, and the Cardinals matchups are pretty solid.
0: Yeah, come on, we can't forget about Lars Nupar, baby. Turning it on here in July, so uh, I do like that recommendation as well. Where are we using Shohei Otani next week? I, I, <laughs> Look, how can, how, how can you determine, right? It's, I, I think it comes down to what you need. It's like, look what he just did on Thursday, right? You can... Literally choose either one. He's at the Braves next week as a pitcher. He also has seven games uh, next week, but facing some tough competition. The fourth worst hitter matchups next week. Welsh, if you had to choose, which way do you lean? Otani as a hitter or pitcher next week?
2: And I do have to choose in the Scott White League with my Otani. But I have been uh, pretty steadily needed pitching the whole time. But in this case, I would go hitting. Uh, I don't love the Atlanta matchup in general. We've seen some of the scuffling. Uh, There's just so... I I mean, I know you're saying there's some tough matchups in there, but I think there's some of these that are prime for Otani. So I like the hitter version of Otani if having to choose.
0: By the way, Otani versus Strider next week, that's going to (laughs) be... i don't know if they're pitching against each other but just Otani versus the pitcher strider it's going to be awesome to watch the call to the ball i
1: think they oh no they're not sorry they're not lined up to to pitch against each other
0: that (laughs) that would have been sick Uh, a few bullpen updates emmanuel class a mentioned this earlier he picked up his 28 save and for the mets i wrote here david robertson last pitched on tuesday so weird should have been available and then he got traded. So that's why it didn't happen. Uh, Brooks Raley picked up the save there for the Mets. Let's wrap up with to stream or not to stream. And we'll start with Friday. And I will point out yesterday, Chris and I both said, this Friday might be the worst streaming pitcher day of the season. <laughs> it is very bad. Uh. Anybody? okay oh no I thought you guys were gonna choose names but I guess I should read them <laughs> off right that's my job uh, I'm having trouble opening the rundown here so
2: <laughs> I can throw some names out I thought we all froze that was an amazing <laughs> thing but yo know, you go ahead and read them off and then I'll uh, I'll throw it uh,
0: like Reese Olsen at the Marlins Does anyone like that it's I actually like Reese Reese
2: uh Reese is one I think I could get down with maybe Brady Singer if I was chasing strikeouts against Minnesota just throwing these out here Cutter Crawford I kind it's not great but if I yeah. needed to I think those are the three I might focus we on. we want to get
1: back on board the Braxton Garrett Bandwagon against the Tigers. I
0: didn't include him because I
1: thought he was too rostered. But
2: I yeah, I think his ownership is too high. I would
1: definitely really? get down on that. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I might rather start olsen his opponent. But uh, okay. I didn't know Raxton he was that rostered.
0: Garrett. Still. He is seventy nine percent. I yeah, I try to keep it below seventy five. But hey, he might be there on the fringe. Uh, I I do like it against the Tigers on Saturday couple names here that we are looking at uh, Logan Allen at the White Sox maybe Johnny Cueto versus the Tigers coming off a great start last week When you scroll down you got Emmett
2: Sheehan versus uh, Cincy and Brian Wu versus Arizona I could get down with that if you took those two off I'll actually throw this out to you I might even go like I said Reese Olsen is like my favorite maybe a guy like Cutter Crawford uh, over most of these guys from the day before. Giants, by the way, striking out the second most over the last three games uh, over almost 12 Ks per nine as of recent. Just, I don't know, Cutter Groffer can get in there. I don't like these names. I don't, like, I don't yeah. like Logan Allen. I don't like Carrasco. I don't like any of these. I could get with Wu and Sheehan, but I, as much as you guys hated Friday, I might like some of the Friday matchups more than Saturday. Shein, really? Against the
1: Reds. I'd definitely go Allen over Sheehan.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like, I think Wu and Sheehan are, you know, Kind of interesting prospects, but don't really love the matchups, I guess, for either of those two. Uh, yeah, I think I would go with Logan Allen, and I guess if you're desperate, Johnny Cueto. <laughs> that's, that's the other name I would throw out there. Uh, Sunday, we've got Christopher Sanchez at the Pirates, which I think is pretty solid. And, you know, these two names going up against each other, Steven Matz and Kyle Hendricks, they're facing each other. I don't think it's terrible. Matz has pitched well recently.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, I'm gonna pass, I, I mean, yeah. uh,
0: look, it's it's streamer pitchers.
1: It's not. It's only going to be so good. This is why I hate this segment. That's right. Yeah.
0: So I think Christopher Sanchez is at the top of the list. Then I would probably put Kyle Hendricks second, and Stephen Matz. A uh, third on that list. Today's glob counter ends at, because I just said it, nine. So we've got nine for the day. So again, please drink responsibly. Do not play that game whenever you hear us say that word. They're all dead. Don't do it. We're going to wrap there for Scott and the Welsh. I am Frank. Thanks as always for tuning in to Fantasy Baseball today. Please make sure to follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye.
1: Sunday, after The Equalizer.
3: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker.
2: You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's OK.
0: Justin Hartley stars. How you survive. You make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel.
1: Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool.
3: Tracker, CBS season finale, Sunday, after The Equalizer, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+.